Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Number two on this Monday, last week of June, believe it or not. We're heading towards that 4th of July weekend. A little weird with 4th of July on a Tuesday next week. Got folks out of the building this week. I know a lot of you may be on vacation. We hope everybody's having a good vacation week. Isaiah is on his honeymoon this week. We hope they are having a great time in beautiful Cancun, We wherever you are. We hope it's beautiful today. It's a beautiful 100 and something today in the greater Austin area so please be careful out there I'm Chad Hastings Cameron Parker sitting in today uh, appreciate his great work and uh, we've been talking a lot of different things today from Round Rock winning seven on seven uh, from Texas getting some great recruiting news football and basketball to tonight in Omaha where it comes down to one game after two of the most different games you could have ever hoped for a one-run extra inning game, and then a complete blowout of epic proportions in game two. We'll find out what happens tonight. Does LSU get a seventh title or does Florida get their second? Uh, All that and more coming up uh, on the show. Right now, though, we will head to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline for our weekly visit with Joe Cook of Inside Texas and On3.com. Remember, he's at JosephCook89 on Twitter as we get closer to football season and you get all your follows together. Joe, how are you? Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, Are you in some place that's not 105 degrees today or are you having to go through all this with with the rest of us? No, I'm uh, I'm experiencing it with with everybody. I got my my room's about as as uh, dark and cold as I can get it, just to kind of try to stay out of that heat somewhat. So yeah. I'm rolling through it with everybody. Yeah, it is brutal. Uh, speaking of heat, Longhorn recruiting always feels like it's heating up, but this is the time of year where stuff gets going, uh, junior days and official visits and all those things uh, going on, and the Longhorns grab a couple more names over the weekend. Nate Kibble, the offensive lineman, Atascacita, that's certainly big, but even bigger, Joe, is Jarek Gibson, a name a lot of folks had heard about, were interested in. Now he's the highest rated guy in this class. Uh, what did you make of Jarek Gibson committing to Texas over the weekend? Yeah, so Gibson and Christian Clark, who also was there, uh, I think, you know, made his choice a few days before. Those have been two of the top priorities for Kassard Choice and Steve Sarkeesian and Gibson uh, on three. The, the industry ranking ranks him as a number two running back in the country. And he's someone who, you know, he's from Gainesville originally. Uh, he goes to the, uh, the IMG Academy there. So that's a place where a bunch of different college coaches from all over the country uh, come and make their swings. And, um, you know, uh, Gibson heard from the Gators, heard from Georgia, heard from Miami, I think heard from Tennessee as well. But, Man, to shard choice, uh, I wrote on Inside Texas today, he doesn't really need to go to option two or option three very often. He He's done a very good job of getting his guys, whether that's you know Clark and Gibson, whether that's Wisner and, and Baxter. Uh, he's proven to be one of the better um, recruiters on staff and proven to be a, a great replacement uh, for um, Stan Drayton after he took the Temple job. So just two big wins at, at, at positions that, uh, Texas likes to keep pretty well stocked with talent, um, and especially considering it was guys that some nationally elite programs wanted. Um, but but Texas and Tashard Joyce, his efforts paid off once again. Joe, we saw Arch Manning, you know, become the catalyst for the Sarks recruiting class last year. Does it feel like is that going to be Jarrett Gibson this year as like the first domino to fall that really opens the door, opens the floodgates for Sarks' 2024 recruiting class? Uh, we'll see. I don't know if it means exactly that it's it's the effect of, of Gibson. 
Um, but obviously that's a player that uh, has some swing at a pretty talented school in, in Florida, kind of like uh, uh, CJ Baxter last year. Um, it may, it may not be what starts pushing, th- uh, you know, things downhill. Um, but I think you're obviously with the way the recruiting calendar is these days, you're going to see a lot of dis- decisions by top targets in the coming uh, weeks. So Eric Naline just wrote something on Inside Texas about all the different timelines that, that we're aware of. Because um, basically this starts kitchen table time for a lot of these prospects. You know, they'll go on these visits. They'll go throughout the course of June and, you know, every weekend and, and see a different school. And then, you know, come this time of year, it's up to them to, to decide if they want to uh, continue uh, uncommitted. You know, now there's a little bit more of an allure uh, to that because you can go on an unlimited amount of official visits. You're not just limited to five. Uh, but some just, you know, they don't want to open up the process to too many different places. They want to have their four or five uh, make their selection from there. And then, you know, another thing is a lot of these kids just want to be done with it. They want to, I think something that we lose is their kids, you know, they're 16, 17, 18 year olds. They want to be able to go and have, you know, one last run at a championship with their, their high school friends or stuff like that before they, many of them move on and go to college as early enrollees. So, um, whether Gibson is going to provide influence, I, I, I'm sure he's going to. But if he's going to be the you know catalyst, and people say like, "Oh, I got to play with that running back," I don't know if he's that type of prospect like Arch was. Talking with Joe Cook inside Texas, Joe. If it's not, um, if maybe Gibson's not that type of guy, could Colin Simmons be that on the defensive side? The big stud out of Duncanville. He may extend this a little bit longer. It sounds like everybody needs to get comfortable for this one to go a while. Um, t- give me your thoughts on on Simmons. Um, I'm interested in kind of sort of the personalities of these kids that. You know, the ones that go a long way like this, it could be for a lot of different reasons, but what kind of kid from what you know is Colin Simmons? Is he the kind that loves the social media and he loves the whole thing, or does he really stay away from it and not give you insiders much to go on? Yeah, uh, I think he's kind of happily in the middle. You know, I think when you're the the top prospect in Texas and uh, you've got literally teams from coast to coast after you, like LSU – um, Alabama, uh, Arizona State, um, and, and then you got the hometown. You got SMU uh, trying to, to vie for you, and uh, they got him in a little bit of a recruiting coup. They got him on campus for a visit a few weeks ago. Yeah, I, I think he's he's enjoying it, uh, but I don't think he's just somebody who's just you know overblown by the process. Jerry Hamilton's had a pretty good read on that recruitment over at Inside Texas. Uh, for a while, um, he's called it, and I, I mean, it's tough for me to disagree with him. Called it a must-win recruitment for Texas, not just because, hey, it's the you know high-profile um, top prospect uh, at a position, uh, but he's had a very you know influential program at Duncanville, and it's nice to get players from that program. And he's at a position of extreme need. Uh, Texas, you know, even though they've done some good, really good recruiting along the defensive lines, that buck position is a little bit of a question mark. Um, you know what you're going to get from uh, Baron Sorrell over on the strong side. But after Ovia Gofu hit the portal, that left, um, you know, it, it left uh, Justice Finkley and Ethan Burt, two guys who, you know, got some playing time but weren't as proven as a Gofu. So, um, you know, maybe going into the SEC, playing in, in, you know, the type of line of scrimmage league as, that it is, you need players like Colin Simmons to be able to rush the passer from the from the edge, and um, I think Texas is you know they put themselves in a really good standing uh, this weekend uh, for Simmons, uh, but this is a recruitment that's got quite a few. I, I don't think it's got like a. It, it's still not clear. You know, he may go home and think, you know what, I need to end this process over the course of the summer. Uh, I've made some visits. I need to go, or he could take it all the way and take some official visits in the in the fall. So. Definitely one to keep track of all the twists and turns on as it continues his as he continues his process. Mm-hmm. Joe and Colin comes from a high school at Texas hasn't done a great job of recruiting. You know the last couple of decades uh, they picked up one Duncanville player I think last year and then also Nate Kibble from Atascacita also in an area of a high school that Texas has not done a great job 
recruiting from, even though both of those schools have been football factories this century. My question for you, Joe, is is Sark and his coaching staff finally developing relationships with these schools that previously Texas didn't do a good job recruiting of? You know, that's a good question. Um, like, like you mentioned, Atascacita has always been putting out some some great players in, in Duncanville. You know, just being the, the state power that it is, it's going to have some talent. Um, I think that, yes, they've, they've done the right things they needed to with those coaching staffs, but I think you can almost give them more credit with just how they've dealt with the players. Uh, they've given themselves a better product over the last couple of years, and I feel like there's uh, the, the overall system at Texas is a little bit more buttoned up under Sarkeesian than it maybe has been um, in, in other, you know, under other head coaches. Uh, but you got to remember, like, you're looking at a defense or you're looking at Kibble, who's probably going to end up being an interior offensive lineman for you, uh, probably a guard considering some of the other targets they have on the offensive line. Um, and, and it's not just, you know, Kyle Flood having a good relationship with, uh, the humble task to see the coaches and but that is a good coach that's a good coaching staff to have a good relationship with because as we've seen they can put out some good offensive linemen up there but I think it's because Kyle Flood is able to show look Kelvin Banks came in and had a great first year at Texas uh, Christian Jones in his fifth year had been up and down before he is able to show hey I've made uh, Christian Jones you know have one of the best seasons of his career and he came back for more to improve his stock. So I think there's an aspect of going into, um, you know, schools and, and I guess re-solidifying relationships. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's just that Texas has been able to put together a little bit better or hint at, at least considering the season's 68 days away, hint at a better product upcoming. And that's got uh, a lot more recruits excited than I think, you know, trying to leverage relationships that they may have been building over the past couple of years. Talking with Joe Cook inside Texas on 3.com. Again, at JosephCook89 on Twitter. Uh, Joe, we are 68 days away from the first Texas game. Outside of recruiting, where's your focus right now? Is this just about kind of that relaxing time for them? Obviously, things will really crank back up once we get to the beginning of August. Is this just kind of a, you know, stay off the radar, stay out of trouble time of year and, you know, individual, uh, kind of that summer workout time? if guys are going to get together, where's your focus on this football team right now? Yeah, that's, that's what they're doing. I mean, you've seen all the Texas social media uh, posting stuff about, you know, workouts and things like that. We should have some stuff coming uh, this week on inside Texas uh, with some of the, the latest things we've heard. I'm just always kind of curious to hear about freshmen and guys who are in their first or second season, uh, or excuse me, first or second week, first or second month. Um, on the 40 acres, how they're, they're doing and handling things. Cause you know, you may be able to, <laughs> you may be able to lead the way in your high school gym, but you know, once you show up to Tory Beckton's program, there's going to probably be several guys stronger than you at your own position. So I'm always curious in that. Yeah. Kind of like you mentioned guys, just kind of keeping under the radar, not, you know, drawing any attention to Texas for anything else. And then I'm, I'm kind of curious to see, you know, with, with the watch list, I know that for some of them, they pick, hey, are you breathing and play left guard? <laughs> no, okay, you're going to go on the left guard watch list. And I know it's like the Remington or something like that. But it's, there's still some value to that, to where if, you know, Texas has a player basically at every position who's picked to a watch list, maybe that says more about a flawed watch list system. But it also could say that, hey, the, 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 the talent on the roster is pretty good at this point. It's gathered attention from all the, the major uh, you know, award distributors. And uh, that should be coming up pretty soon, especially as we get into the talking season with Big 12 Media Days coming up in just a couple short weeks. Joe, the latest Heisman odds released by the Caesar Sportsbook today have Caleb Williams as the favorite, Quinn Ewers second at plus 1,000. I'm just curious, if Quinn Ewers is in the Heisman discussion, what does that mean for his season this year? What type of step do you think he takes if he's going to be ending up in New York, the Heisman Trophy uh, ceremony? Well, I think you just have to look at the way the the, the award has gone. Um, basically, it's, it's the quarterback on the best team. Um, barring anything big like, you know, Devontae Smith having one of the best years uh, for a wide receiver, 
um, in recent memory, but it's gone to the quarterback on a, you know, top five team. Uh, Caleb Williams, you know, I know USC had some of their losses, but he was the best player on the West Coast best team. And I think you have to remember a little bit that there's still some regional aspect to, to Heisman uh, voting. So if Quinn Ewers is in New York, that means that Texas probably had a phenomenal season where they've either won the Big 12 or played for it. Um, and a lot of that had to do with, you know, games being won on the arm of Quinn Ewers, him throwing for, you know, 30-something touchdowns and having fewer than 10 interceptions. That's the type of year it kind of seems like you have to have uh, for, you know, to, to make it to New York. And, you know, plus 1,000 as the second place, I think that kind of shows – uh, a little bit as the, the, the Texas popularity level, you know, just the, hey, it's the Texas quarterback. Um, but I think that also says a little bit about Caleb Williams, the fact that second place, uh, granted, we don't have or we haven't seen uh, situations like Williams where a repeat, potential repeat winner is probably coming back to what could be an even stronger team uh, or an equally as strong team, a team with equally as high aspirations. Uh, so it makes sense for him to be, no matter what his number is, uh, for the second place to be kind of in the thousand range. Um, but I, I think that just indicates that if you know there's a there's a belief or at least a belief among the betting public that Quinn Ewers has a pretty darn good shot to make it to New York if he lives up and is everything the uh, and he's stacked up to be coming out of high school and coming out of Ohio State. Be interesting to see how those odds would change if he goes to Tuscaloosa and gets mm. a win. That that would definitely give him an early uh, early bit of momentum in that discussion. Yeah, those Heisman odds coming out today. Talking with Joe Cook inside Texas. Joe, obviously we talked a lot of Longhorn baseball with you. Uh, certainly they wish they were there, but it's LSU and Florida that are there tonight. One more game to decide it. It's been a wild series and a wild Omaha so far. So what do you think we're going to see tonight, and how would you go about the Paul Skeet issue if you're LSU? Uh, I think you have to save him for your leverage situations. And I think that's, you know, kind of become obvious um, when you're, you know, there's always an argument about college baseball and especially with someone as high profile as Skeens, who's, you know, top three player in the sport right now and uh, likely to be either number one or number two overall pick uh, in the, in the upcoming draft. But you have to remember, these guys want to win. Like, Paul Skeens didn't leave Air Force just to, um, you know, go and, and play one season away. No, he went there to, to win, and LSU brought him in there to win. Uh, and so I think you have to use him at situations uh, where, you know, the pressure's not higher. I'd love to see Skeens versus uh, Jack Tawney matchup tonight with the game on the line. That'd be That'd be something. But – um, part of that is, you know, LSU, the rest of the LSU staff has to do their job and they've had pretty good starters, but, uh, some of their bullpen woes, like in college, you know, that's, you can't buy a bullpen in college. You really can't, you have to develop it with guys that you bring in, uh, through the high school ranks and, you know, maybe portal guys who are making a step up or, or similar, you know, development track for wherever you were, you can't be spending $11 million a year on guys who give up leads like the Astros did you got to bring those guys in and make sure that they improve and improve. Um, but if you can use a, an ace like schemes, um, you, you do that because if you're uh, if you're the um, uh, LSU ma- uh, head coach, you're paid to win games. Like yeah, you're paid to develop guys, but you're paid to win games. And if you have Paul Schemes and you don't use them, you're going to be left thinking what if for the rest of your career, even if you make it back next year to. Omaha, which it seems like LSU has put itself in a good position of doing. So I'm excited for it. I'll probably tune in, see it, and I hope we get to see Skeens pitch, but I hope we get to see Skeens pitch responsibly as well. Joe, outside of Dylan Cruz, you have, of course, Paul Skeens and Tommy White, both transfers, and they've been a huge part of the success this year for LSU. Now, for Coach Pierce, we've already seen him hit the portal, uh, three big pitching additions. Is this the, the future of, of college baseball where it's, you know, you mentioned, you know, developing the bullpen and stuff, but it feels like also going after the portal and getting guys who can start immediately versus developing young pitchers and young players. I'm just curious what your thoughts are in and in what recruiting for college baseball will look like and if David Pierce needs to follow that model. Yeah, I think if, you know, if you're Texas and you see that 
I don't know, player A who is, you know, all conference from this conference, uh, you know, maybe just on the fringe of the power conferences, but he's played so well that where it doesn't matter or, you know, even, I mean, that would be kind of what schemes fit into after the Mountain West last year. Um, but, I mean, I, I think you have to be able to be competitive um, for those situations with Portal. But I think in, this, in the same vein, you have to trust your evaluations. And I think that's um, what Texas did a good job of in the Portal last year. Like, think of guys like uh, Charlie Hurley and Garrett Gilmet, some of the guys they got from USC – you know, a lot of that had to do with a head coaching change, but those weren't just, you know, I, guys that everybody knew about. Maybe that's because they were hidden on the West Coast in a, you know, USC program that was floundering for a little bit. But those are guys that they trusted their evaluations for, saw them, came in, made them work. And I think that's the best approach. You want to win if you can for the, you know, big names. But um, college baseball, in, in David Pierce's mind, is about developing developing from the high school ranks, bringing in strong classes that you got to thread the needle of uh, not, you know, bringing in too many guys who are going to hear their name called in the first 10 rounds and uh, decide to begin their professional career instead. So it's, it's a really difficult balance. And the, the schedule of it all is not easy either, just because um, there's some deadlines, I think in a couple, think about a week or so about roster size and, things like that to where all these different things, the season ending, the draft taking place, you know, all these things are happening to where it's really, really hard in college baseball to know where to go and know how much you can dedicate to maybe a a particular guy. And I think that's what makes, you know, getting either earlier portal entries or you're making sure your high school development is the best way of going about it. And then sprinkling, you know, on the top, with guys, if you can, uh, from the portal that are high profile. That is Joe Cook inside Texas on 3.com at Joseph Cook 89 on Twitter. If you want to give him a follow, he'll be checking out that championship game tonight. Joe, we always appreciate the time, brother. Thank you so much. We'll hit you next week. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Yep. That is Joe Cook. Actually, I realize next week we're not going to have a Monday show. Yeah. We're going to have to double-check with Joe, see if maybe do a different time, maybe a couple weeks from now for Joe. Um, thanks to Joe for his time and interesting comments there, uh, football and uh, uh, baseball-wise, as we get ready for LSU and Florida. All right, coming up, we'll talk to the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, AEW, world's strongest man, and interested dad of a high school football player we'll give you a special flex segment coming up and you know this week we'll talk about round rock winning seven on seven as well all that's coming up glad you're with us on a monday this is the horn Setting a mood. Come on now. Setting a mood. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? All right, Cameron Parker. Oh, see, now that one right there, I should know this, right? Just wait, wait till the first starts. Then you'll know. You know who it is. If you don't already. I have a couple guesses in my head. That little lot of the da da should have told me something. So I start selling crack cocaine and coding. Time to stack some paper. I gotta do it quick. Thinking. All right, now I'm totally. Think H down. Think H down. Now I'm curveballed. You're curveballed, okay. I don't know. Tell, tell me Underground so Kings. Pimp C and Bun B. Oh, see, I would have guessed UGK. I never, I always guessed UGK on Houston. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been right on this one. You would have been right one day. Gum. But that's a big time sample from way back in the day yeah. of somebody. Is that a, I, I can't remember. So like the Isley. Yeah, yes. there was Isley yes. Brothers or Marvin or yeah, no, Bill Withers or something. Yeah. That had like a I forget who that is. Uh, that was that's good stuff. UGK uh, to go with Jack Stauber and the Rapture from earlier in the show. All right, um, Cameron Parker sitting in for Zay. Zay's on his honeymoon this week. I'm Chad Hastings, and we have a special guest in studio for a very special flex segment. Let's give the sponsor their love, and we're going to talk to a uh, to a football dad you might know. Here we go.
Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, football season fast approaching, and Mark Henry is in studio with us. AEW, World's oh, Strongest Man. Yeah. And. He's also a Viper dad. You got some Vandergrift gear already? I do. Have you found yourself some I black? Do. How are you looking in that black and silver? Hey, listen, man. <laughs> I make it look good. I bet you do. I bet you do. Now, Jacob is going into the senior year, correct? Yeah. So at this point, are you starting to get a good percentage of folks that just know you as Jacob's dad? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, people come up all the time now. And they're like, you're Jacob Henry's dad? Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm okay with it. That's I'm a, okay with it. You got that's that's a proud no moment, right? No ego. No ego. I'm proud. Just leave the ego to the side. Yes, sir. You leave the ego with Tony Khan. I, okay, <laughs> Tony. Tony don't take egos. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so as as he get he's getting ready for a, a senior year. I know there's a lot of kids out there getting ready for whatever the, the year is, and there's parents out there or whatever. Um, you and I were texting back and forth, and you gave gave me a terrific idea to ask you about. We're 68 days from Texas' first game, which means we're a little closer to the high school season. What would you tell the high school kids, getting ready for football, getting ready for whatever their sport is? What's key right now, this time of year when it's blazing hot outside? What do you think they need to be focusing on in terms of prep? Well, a lot of them, they want to go to camps and be seen. But really right now is the time to work on your weakness. Hmm. Are you fast? Are you strong? Are you you have great agility? Where where are you lacking? And you go and you really put the emphasis on that. And uh Jacob is strong, uh still working on some strength, but we're working on being explosive. We're we're doing more psychological training, uh your mentality. Hmm. You know, like where where's your focus? You know, what what do you wanna what do you wanna establish? the first time that you run up against somebody? Do you want to just overpower them and, and let them feel your strength? And then you can work off. So that's that's kind of where it is. You got to you gotta have a, a mentality and, and an understanding. And learn, how, learn tales. Learn to read. Look at people's knuckles. Look at their the, the position where they're, um, you know, are they in a three-point stance, a four-point stance? You know, are they – Leaning back on their heels, um, so everything, all of those things play a factor. You got to figure out what it is that you need to develop. How important is it going to be? How important was it for Jacob to not only play defensive line like he's already done, but also maybe to get an opportunity at offensive line? I, I thought it would be really great. You know, like I, I knew that he he could pull and trap and all of that, but pass blocking is the important thing. Mm-hmm. And we know you can go straight ahead and push people backwards. But can you recognize where the alignment is and get ready and settle in and put your hands on people and control them? Because everybody has uh, offensive repertoire to try to beat you. So that's that's what he's doing. He's doing it really, really well, too. Now, you talked about mindset. Have you had to talk to him a little bit about that old thing about creating versus destroying? He's been destroying on defense, but has he? do you have to change that mindset a little bit when you talk about the creation? Because when you're offensive line, you're helping to create whatever the play is. Uh, not really. Uh, offensive linemen are really smart. The smartest guys on the field. They have contact every play, face-to-face contact. And that's that's the mentality I want Jacob to realize that you got to be smart, recognize the defense, communicate with your teammates what you see, and then get your hand in the dirt and and get ready to do your job. That requires skill and studying, and that's what we're doing. We're doing a lot of studying hmm. because he hadn't played offense in three years. Yeah, I was going to ask how much. So it's been a little while for him. Right, it's been a little while. And at first he was discouraged, like, golly, I should just stay on defense. And I said, no, you're 6'1", 285. Like, you have a better chance playing offensive line in college than you will defensive line in college, even being an all-stater. Mm-hmm. 
so we're we're trying to you know work on both, and he's been highly successful. I mean, he's he's really getting it. We're we're going to Seattle uh, this weekend, and he's going to get to work out with his cousin Sam Adams at at the sports performance. Nice. All you all the Aggies out there probably love that. There you um, go. Uh, my brother was an Aggie. Sam was an Aggie. My cousin Frank was an Aggie. Like I'm, I'm the one that escaped Austin. <laughs> you're, the, you're the one. You're the, you're the black sheep, huh? I of that group. And came to Austin. The last thing I wanted to do is spend four years in another country town. <laughs> ah, I see. Fair enough. Cam, you got some for Mark Henry. Has Jacob talked at all about Deuce Adams, Mark, uh, the the uh, the new Braunfels transfer to Vandergrift? Uh, he's a four star quarterback committed to Louisville. He's someone that's expected to take over the starting job for Braden Buchanan. Just curious, has he interacted with him at all? Has he seen his arm? Because we've heard really good things out of summer workouts so far under Coach Sanders. Oh, yeah, Deuce and Eli both. Uh, Unbelievable players, Uh, great lineage. You know, the sons of Mike Adams, who held pretty much all the receiver records here in Texas at one point. Mm -hmm. Um, So they come from an understanding of football. And that's kind of what – all teams need to go to understanding, recognizing, and studying. They have the huddle. They have no reason that you shouldn't know the plays. You have no reason to not know every competition that you're going to face. If if they're coming back from last year, I should have watched at least two or three hours of film on each individual. And that's so different than high school. We didn't have that. <laughs> I mean, we going up back in the day. There's none of that. We had There's Saturday morning after after the football game, Friday night, we go ice and we watch the film on the team that we were going to play the next week. Yeah. And you probably got 45 minutes of that, and then the coach would be like, all right, now we know what we're going to face. Let's get our mindset and get ready for that. They, they, The teams today would kill the teams in our era because they're just more studied. Just they, off they the understand. prep. Just the fact yeah. that they can prep 24 hours a day. Anytime you wake up, you should be able to go to huddle and watch everything that you can see for the rest of the season. It's a great point. Mark Henry joining us in studio for a special flex segment. Remember, Jacob Henry uh, and that Vandegrift Vipers team coming this year. And, hey, the team that's in the district, we talked about them earlier, the seven-on-seven champs, those Round Rock Dragons with Mason Cochran. Uh, that's going to be a heck of a matchup when Vandegrift and Round Rock face off. Uh, so much good talent in this area. And check out flxatx.com for all the results of uh, of Round Rock's run there at uh, seven on seven. You and I were talking recruiting right before we came on. I know you're a big Longhorn fan. A lot of people that oh, know yeah. you know that. Uh, the Longhorns got more good news over the weekend. The stud running back, uh, Jarek Gibson, uh, committing to Texas. Offensive lineman out of Atascacita uh, commits to Texas. This 24 class really coming together. Uh, give me your thoughts on on Sarkin recruiting right now because it certainly feels feels very positive. It seems to me they're doing a good job because they have to do like an Alabama where your third guy should be able to start on most other programs' first team. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what Texas is going to do with these guys and if they can convince them to stay here because it's not guaranteed you're going to play your first year. Mm-hmm. It's not guaranteed you're going to play at all. But right. you, you need to have the bullets in the gun. If you don't have it, then you're going to lose. So Texas is loading them. I mean, when was the last time Texas had two number one guys in consecutive years at running back recruited? Yeah, right. Been a while. A, yeah. A so, one. like, that's, that's kind of – Yeah, maybe never. I don't know. But, yeah, I'm yeah. Not, at some point, obviously. But it's, it has been a while. Yeah, that's – for that position, those two guys last week showing you kind of – it feels like that room, the wide receiver room – the quarterback room. and that, that wide receiver room is ridiculous. My goodness, yeah. I mean, they got four guys that can play on Sunday. So give me a perspective as now, obviously you've been through the perspective as an athlete. Now you're the, getting the perspective as a father. I'm reading these articles about Gibson's dad and what he wanted to hear from Tashard Choice, things like that. As you get ready to, to already started to maybe go through the process and you're going to go through it, what are the kind of things you'd want to hear from a coach 
about your son, about the experience that your son's going to have, about that relationship? Because I keep hearing that word a lot in recruiting now, even more than I feel like we used to, the relationship that the coach develops. The relationship between the, the, the coach and the player is based off faith and trust. Honesty has got to be the first thing. Listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you, kid, you, you, I can't say you're going to start. I can't say you're going to play. But we're going to work like we want you to play. And you you have to be able to confide to them that you're going to get better with me. I know my job really well. And there's not many coaches that are at the level that I am. And if you want to be good, even if you don't play here, when you go on to wherever you go, you're going to know more than other people that you're going to be playing with. Teach me something. Make me a better player by understanding and technique. And I can see three things in your technique that are flawed. If we fix those, you're the number one player in the country. You're a top 25 drag pick. When that guy can get me, and uh, those are important things. The honesty. The honesty. Yeah. Well, that's Stop lying to these kids. Yeah. Well, Everybody's that's... not going to go to the big show. I Everybody's wa- not going. Yeah. I wonder if Transfer Portal plus NIL plus the modern era and social media, do you think that creates more or less of the honesty? Because everybody seems to have the ability now to be – pretty honest about it if they want to be right honest that I can transfer if I want honest that the coach knows you can transfer could it be more honest now I think it could be more honest because if you lie you're gonna lose your job if you're a coach and you recruit a guy hey coach we got to have this one how much I don't care how much it costs we got to have <laughs> that guy is going to get fired right you got to be able to say look I I see two or three things I can change with him and make him a dog and, and Rod always says, you know, you got dudes and dogs. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you want some dogs on your team. And they're not all going to be rich kids. They're not all going to be kids that um, came from great programs. Sometimes you got to reach in and find a kid that has unbelievable tools, and then you have to teach him everything else. Like it, it's a necessary evil. You, you got to get out there. And get your hands dirty recruiting. Cam, you have anything else for Mark Henry while we got him? Uh, I mean, we're looking at going to the SEC, Mark. We obviously the, the trenches is, is such a, a big part of the battle. And me and Chad talked about looking at the Georgia defensive line and and Jalen Carter and, and Jordan Davis. Is that the the spot in the Texas roster you think that Sark has to make sure? Because the offensive line has been addressed, I think, under Coach Flood. The D line has some questions, at least for me, going into the SEC. Is that the positional group that you think has to be addressed for sure when they make this move after next season? Most definitely defensive line over offensive line because I I feel like Texas has had some really, really good defensive linemen through the history, but they haven't had a lot of them at one time. You know, you'll have a, 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 a Tony Brackens, And then you'll have a a John Robertson, a Tim Crowder. But a lot of those guys are spread out. You know you have John and Tim together. But, like, it's hard for me to look at defensive line recruiting and you worry about size too much because Texas has had Puna Ford. Mm -hmm. Puna was a monster. Yeah. And there's more Punas out there, but the opportunities are less because of size. So Texas, if they can get that defensive line together for the future, like, you know, get two deep, three deep at every position, Texas is going to be dangerous. Yeah. Because we, we, we've watched this team kind of float by. The elitist attitude, we're Texas, has got to stop. We're Texas, yeah, that's great as a moniker. But on Saturdays, they're going to have to be a tough, hard-nosed, bring-your-lunch-pill type of team. It's, it's going to have to change. The Big 12 and the SEC are different in the sense of depth at defensive and offensive line. Yeah. That's, the recruiting is much better. Yeah, that's true. Of course, they've been paying a lot longer. <laughs> 
Uh, You know it. That may or may not be the case. We can neither confirm or deny that. Um, Before we let you go, give me a thought of this year, last year in the Big 12. We're 68 days away. Today, what's your mindset for the Longhorns? Is it a win you know, is it a win total for you? Is it got to get to Jerry World? Is it got to hoist that trophy at Jerry World? Where, where's your mindset right win now? Win the Big 12. Got to win it. Got to win it. Okay. Got to win the Big 12. You cannot go into the SEC as a second, third team. You can't do it. It's like when I, I, I came out of retirement from wrestling and went back into strongman. My boss told me, There's no place for the second strongest man. Mm. I knew when he said that, the way he said that, that if I didn't win, I was going to get fired because my whole persona was based on me being the number one guy. They don't have shirts that say second strongest man? No, no shirts. Big two. Second strongest. Throw the deuces? No, they don't have that? Nothing. Okay. Yeah. So Texas has got to win the Big 12. Okay. And they have the tools to do it. Great quarterbacks. I think all three of those quarterbacks could start. Yeah, that's what you keep hearing. And the running backs, unproven. But we saw a little sample size in the spring game. I think they're going to be all right at running back. Oh, if that room comes around at all. At all, Mark Man. Henry. You're going to have you're going to be smiling this this fall if that that room can come around a little bit. Hey, the the Big 12, the the third cornerback on every team needs to be scared. Texas needs to put the fear of God in these cornerbacks and try them. Y'all, I hear y'all complain about Sharp, uh, Sark trying the deep ball too much. No, the third wide receiver, the third cornerback, he, he needs to he needs to get that first down. First down, I'm throwing right at him, deep, post, post corner. I want to see if he can cover. Yeah. I'm with you on seeing if guys can cover. I'd just like to see them see if they can cover in different places a little more sometimes. Why does it have to always have to be 40, 50 yards down the field? It, you know, you're right. You know? You're right in the sense. Give me a badass slant or a drag but route I gotta, I wanna for try a first it. down. I want to try it, though. Okay. Can I try it? You can try. I, I get that. I'm not going to do it five or six times a game. I'm just gonna, I just want to do it once. You going to keep throwing it 45 yards to a man with a broken yeah. hand? You going that far? Hey, the man with the broken hand live. I understand. I'll take my guy with one hand over their guy with two hands when it's him. Yeah, but if you throw my slant to the guy with two hands, we get a first down, and then we get to throw back to your guy with one hand. That's true. You know what I mean? Uh, You got to take a little bit, too. There's all kinds of arguments. (laughs) We're going to agree to disagree. 68 days until Texas and Rice. That is Mark Henry with a special flex segment today. I appreciate you dropping by. You didn't have to do that. You're coming back off a big AEW trip. Everything good in the world of AEW? Everything's good, man. I mean, a lot of screaming and hollering. I lost my voice. I can hear. But, like, trying to tell these young people what to do, you have to sometimes yell at them to reach them. Don't mean I don't love them. It means I want you to pay attention and see I'm as passionate as you are. There you go. Check out AEW if you're a pro wrestling fan and you haven't, and get yourself acquainted with Mr. It's Time for the main event himself. Mark Henry. I'm not going to say it. No, no, don't. No, no, no. We, we get, you got to save that. It'll be broken. You got you to gotta save it. Always good to see you, man. That Likewise. is Mark. That's Mark Henry. And remember that Vandegrift Vipers team is going to be really interesting this year with Jacob Henry on the defensive and offensive line. Stay tuned to those Vipers in black and silver. And they will be playing those Round Rock Dragons who just won seven on seven. That district's going to be a lot of fun. All right, coming up, where we at in society with Cameron. We'll get into some baseball talk with Aaron Hogan coming up at 2.05. It is Monday. It is hot. And this is The Horn. Oh, now. Mm-hmm. You know what this is. Oh, I know this one. I was rocking down on Electric Avenue way back in the day. Mark Henry, can you name the artist? Eddie. 
Uh, oh, you're halfway there. I can't, I can't think of his last name. Oh, Eddie Grant. Grant. That's it. He was a badass. He might be. Let me think about it. Yeah, Eddie Grant may be the first person I ever saw on my TV with dreads. Really? If I Over think, Marley? If I think about it. By that time, I was so young, okay. I hadn't seen Bob Marley yet. Might have heard the music, but I don't think I'd ever seen Bob. I think it was Eddie Grant. All right. That crazy video with all the crazy lighting and the motorcycles. Cool as hell. They play it 12 times a day because they didn't have that many videos. Uh, it was awesome. All right. So Mark Henry hung out with us for the flex segment and then just kind of hung out. So you want to hang for this segment because Cam's got some weird stuff to talk about. Let's go, Cam. You can talk about some weird stuff? Let's go. I like weird. Let's go where we at in society see what Cameron wants to get into. Where are we at in society today? All right, Cameron Parker, what's on your mind today? So we're in this age of, you know, every player has a show, podcast, mm-hmm. you know, current, past, former. It's good. We get great content, right? Sure. We also hear some crazy things like the paul pierce and uh kg thing yes wild moment yikes yes <laughs> wild moment yikes <laughs> not as wild but dennis rodman appeared on another podcast show whatever now we've heard scotty pippen's comments right about michael jordan right yes. that weird beef yeah a little bit before Michael Jordan, there was this guy named Larry Bird. Chad, I'm sure you're aware of. I know Larry, yes. Yeah. So Dennis Robin was asked about Larry Bird and if he could beat LeBron James one-on-one. Oh, here we go. Rodman went further than even talking about that. He said if Dennis, if Larry Bird played in this era, today's era, I think he'd be in Europe. Oh, wow. Whoa. That's heavy. Come on, Dennis. Europe. Europe. He's saying Larry Bird could not make this NBA? Yes. Could, he, couldn't make a roster? He also said that I think the kid <laughs> so from Denver. The kid from Denver, which I don't know. I mean, it could be Bruce Brown, the kid from Denver. Obviously talking about Jokic. Yeah. Way better than him. Better than Larry Bird. Way better than Larry Bird. Okay. There's a difference between trying Not going to, on there. You can compliment Jokic without insulting Larry Bird, can't you? Right. Why Why has he got to make the attack on him? Dude, there's, Jeez. Okay, there's 30 teams in the NBA and 15 guys on a roster. <laughs> you tell me Larry Bird couldn't make a roster? Come on now. That guy in this era, you're bringing a guy up at that size, can handle the ball like that, can shoot the ball like that, and is a bulldog like Had that? Had the dog in it. Oh, my God. Who wants to, to win more than Larry worry, Bird did? Don't worry about the talent. Don't worry about his ability to shoot. Larry wanted to win. More than everybody. My God, he'd have all that. Plus, he'd have modern medicine on his side, modern training his on back his side. Have been so bad. Modern shoes on his side. Yep. Modern orthotics and massage and acupuncture and everything. Cupping. Come on, Dennis. The cupping, right? You, Larry Bird would have. There'd be so many of those dark circles all over his arms. Oh my God! And he'd be burying shots on I people. I cannot. I cannot believe Dennis said that. That's that's, that's very disrespectful. Oh my God! I don't know why. I always say you don't. Why be emphatic? You don't always have to be emphatic. Just calm down. Say Jokic is really good, and say maybe his shot. You know, maybe it's even better than Larry Bird. If you want to go there, okay. But we don't need to rip on Larry why, Bird. Why is it that the guys on the Bulls feel like they have to say something? Why would Scottie Pippen say, "Well, I was a better player or as good a player as Michael Jordan"? When we know that's not true. Well, see, he and, he and Michael just had this thing going on. I don't know how to fix it. And now you got the whole, the whole like, ex-wife dating Michael's son. Oh, yeah. I don't know how that oh, plays so to anything. Oh, so you think it's an emotional thing that I'm just going to say something to hurt you? I think there's all of it. Yeah, I think there's an ingredient there. And Scotty feels like they ripped on him in the last dance when they didn't need to. That even, they w- even before that, Chad, like he always yeah. felt like MJ got more credit than – he thought he deserved, even though Jordan was the best player at the time. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I don't understand how those guys, you know, it's like to do the, like the Super Friends analogy. It's like Batman sitting around moping because Superman's a badass. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, he's he Superman. Like, dude, you get who he is. But at any given moment, I've always said, dude, Pippen might have been the second best player in the whole damn league at any given moment during those runs. He just wasn't Michael. That's not a crime. It's not. 
Like, why can't you just enjoy the fact, again, do what Batman did. Handle what you need to handle, but hey, when the planet is about to get crushed, we need you Superman. Se- send a man in red and blue. Because he's different. He's literally an alien <laughs> sent to the planet. That's not what Batman was. That's not what Scottie Pippen was. What planet was Michael from? Uh, Michael was from Planet Nike. <laughs> Philtron. <laughs> Planet Nike. That's where he's from. Oh, uh, you're too much. Oh, my God. That is crazy. Dennis Rodman. Always, always uh, liberal with an opinion. Always ready to give you his opinion on anything. Dennis Rodman. Now telling us Larry Bird could not make the league nowadays. Wasn't And wasn't Dennis part of the whole... Larry Bird ripped back then. Remember when he and Isaiah both made a comment about Larry? Yeah. Something there was about, some stuff going on. About if Larry wasn't white, he'd be what, something back in the day. I can't. One of them said I remember something. That, not, not average, but he would be a, just another player or something. And I, Yeah, Dennis started it, and then Isaiah, instead of stomping that fire out, he stoked it a little bit. Yeah. And he kind of smiled, and he's like, oh, no, I understand what Dennis is saying. And he kind of tried to go down this weird road, and it's like, dude. <laughs> Larry Bird is Larry Bird. Isaiah Thomas the, said that Larry Bird would only would be another good player if he was black. That's right. That was his quote. Yeah. Bless their hearts. <laughs> Just bless their hearts. Because I, I remember how garbage the NBA was before 87. Yeah. And Larry Bird and Magic Johnson saved the NBA. Yeah. They should be getting way more money than everybody else because they saved it. It was in the, it was in the garbage can. Yeah, their games were on tape delay. Their games were tape yeah. playoff games were on tape delay. Yeah, yeah. Magic was able to watch those early playoff games. He was able to play the playoff game and then go home and watch it if he wanted to. Do Do you remember Larry Bird saying to guys, "I'm going to score forty on you today." Larry used to talk mm-hmm. more trash, yeah, than anybody in the league. The guy that talks the most. Better be damn good. Yeah. That's because what it, if you're not, you're going to have a target on your back every night. Larry Bird was Larry Bird yeah. every night. And Dennis Rodman and Isaiah both <laughs> need to go back and look at some of those reels. Absolutely. I just watched the four-part Bill Walton documentary, and one of the things he points out, he said, easily the best trash talker I've ever played with or around is Larry Bird. It's not close. He said it's not even close. To to Mark's point, he would go up to guys like, hey, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the right wing. I'm going to turn around, pump fake, and then fade away, and I'm going to score. And he would do it. Yeah. He played a game. He played a, a half of basketball with his left hand because he was so bored at how good he was. Can you imagine a, a player doing that? I remember that. That's crazy. I remember him playing with his left hand because he said that there was nobody on that team that could stop him with his right hand. That's incredible. I'm going to make it even for y'all. I'm going to play with my left hand. Yeah, people like to use that phrase, great white hype, with Larry. Take the word hype out. You got to take that out. That's an insult to the definition mm-hmm. of the word hype. It was Larry Bird. They played for finals against each other. He won multiple titles, and he was all those numbers. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Three-time right. three time champion, three-time finals MVP. But, yeah, yeah I mean, he, he would make it. In but he wouldn't yeah. make it on a roster. Okay, Dennis Rodman. All right. All right, there you go. Where are we at in society today? A little craziness in basketball. Two o'clock hour coming up. We'll start it with a conversation with Aaron Hogan. Mark Henry, great to see you, sir. Take care. Thank you, brother. Get that voice better. And best to everybody in AEW and out at Vandegrift, where the Vipers are ready to go for 2023. We're coming back with another hour for you here. It is Chad and Zay. Zay is on his honeymoon. Cameron Parker sitting in for him. I'm Chad Hastings, and this is The Horn.